0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Folato, joined, as always, by Chris Flom. And today, we will be breaking down UNC guard marcus mckeithan giants sixth round pick
2: chris how you doing Uh, i'm ready to talk some offensive line yeah we're almost done with these draft previews reviews uh primers what are we calling these Probably should ask that like i don't know background round one yeah i'm not really sure draft
1: profile breakdowns in-depth kind of breakdowns and it was a fifth round pick not a sixth-round pick, late fifth round for Marcus McKeithen. And, Chris, I mean, we just got to kind of turn our attention real quick to Joe Shane, to Dave Gettleman's promise that wasn't fulfilled. (laughs) Look at what's going on right now. Talk about addressing the offensive line when you have no cap, you're still able to sign veterans, and then you go and you attack, attack, attack in the draft just like the New York Giants
2: did. Pretty awesome, bro. Yeah, but we still have to see how it all works out. But at the very least, the Giants brought in a bunch of bodies. They got Evan Neal to hopefully secure the right tackle position. They got Izudu to hopefully secure the left guard position. At the very least, give them a really capable utility lineman, a guy who can line up, did line up at four of the five spots along that offensive line. He can play just about anywhere. And now we've got guy, hopefully be that kind of anvil of a right guard. Anvil of a right guard. I like that, Chris. It's so a little
1: background on Marcus McKeith. And this dude is just an absolute mountain of a man. He's 87th percentile at 6'6 six, six half, 96th percentile, at 340 pounds, with an 86 inch wingspan, which is 98th percentile and 35 and a half inch arms, which is 94th percentile with 10 and a half inch hands, which is 85th percentile. So you're just talking about his spider chart in terms of his height and his measurables is just fully extended all the way to the boundary of the chart because he is that gigantic. And I'll tell you something, Chris, and I know you brought this up plenty of times, the George Young planet theory. There aren't many humans who are built like this and I believe that was one of the one of the reasons why the giants went in this direction.
2: If you are looking for an offensive lineman who can especially run block downhill in a power scheme, there aren't many guys who are better built for that than Marcus McKeithen. Like he has some quirks on his game. He is not a perfect lineman by any means. We will get into that. But if you're just looking for a big, powerful dude, Marcus McKeithen is definitely that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You want to, if you just ask him to down block from the guard spot. Uh, on the backside of the front side, you just ask him the down block. He's going to move bodies. His lower leg drive and his power at the point of attack in those situations, they're devastating. And This is a player who was almost extensively used at right guard at UNC. 2,546 snaps at right guard, 13 snaps at right tackle. That so basically, right guard is everything he tested out really good according to pro football focus. He allowed 10 pressures, two sacks in 2021 in his career. He allowed 31 pressures and four sacks, so pretty respectable, right? There was also penalized 13 times, five times in 2021, which isn't too surprising to me because we'll get into some of Marcus McKeithen's issues a little bit later. But one of the main ones is the fact that he's a lunger, lunges at the hips, overextends himself. And when you're at a position and you don't frame your block perfectly, and then you don't utilize great technique, which lunging is not a great technique, what are you going to do? You're going to use those 10 and a half inch hands to latch on and hold.
2: Yeah. And that is part of his game that he's going to have to figure out and especially quick if he winds up starting yeah there's a couple guys in front of him uh Mark Lewinsky, Jamil Douglas both of those guys are ahead of him on the depth chart I I think it would be a surprise if McKeithen wound up starting but he's going to need to get that lunging and grabbing problem solved sooner rather than later because NFL referees are going to make a point of calling that like they they love to throw flags for holding yes yes they do and this is a depth
1: piece the only way Marcus McKeithen ends up starting in 2022 is if Mark Lewinsky gets injured and then he I mean he might be able to beat out Jamil Douglas but when the New York Giants made this selection I was already watching UNC tape because I was watching a lot of Josh Azudu and he was picked the day before Marcus McKeithen So I saw McKeith and I was like, okay, yeah, I remember that guy's really, really big, really, really powerful, kind of sloppy technique. So this is definitely a developmental pick that I'm not even 100% certain he'll make the final roster, but he has a chance to. And it's not necessarily just an indictment on his play. The fact that he wouldn't make the roster, it's also because the Giants just brought in an influx of talent. the offensive line position but Chris let's get into some of McKeithen's strengths what were some of the ones that really kind of popped to you on film other than
2: just his overall power and ability to drive dudes through the ground yeah I was gonna say the his biggest strength is strength like that is just the part of his game that leaps off the tape where when he gets a hold of guys especially down blocking going forward he, he is a people mover but also in pass protection, when defensive tackles, particularly big nose tackles, just go head up on him and try to drive him into the backfield, he doesn't give an inch. He is great at playing with a wide base, anchoring, and really not giving up ground to pass rushers. Like He, he is a guy who does not allow the pocket to be collapsed. He's great at setting depth, and I think... Yeah, that is the other area of his game where the strength kind of leaps out. It's easy to talk about him run blocking, but in pass protection where he's not getting pushed back into the quarterback's lap, that's important, too. Oh, dude, he's... Great as a pass
1: protector in the sense of being able to absorb the bull rush, absorb the contact. Once you get to his half man and you can kind of get his pat, his pad level is naturally high anyways because he's so damn gigantic. But once you can get to his half man and kind of get him to lunge a little bit, that's when you can kind of exploit him in pass protection. But honestly, it it wasn't a terrible thing that you saw throughout his film. It happened here and there. But it wasn't something that was necessarily littered throughout the film, which reassures me a little bit on McKeeson's overall skill set and his ability to be a pass protector when you have a tackle on your right side and a, and a center on your left side. So you're operating in less space because he's not the the best athlete either in terms of his agility. But when you kind of look at what he can do from an athletic standpoint and then you say, oh, yeah, the guy is this big, he's almost 6'7", 340 pounds, you're like, okay, now that, guy, that guy's a pretty damn good athlete with that size.
2: Yeah, he, he is a good athlete within his limitations, and, you know, uh,
0: we,
2: we talked about the planet theory, that he is one of those guys where there are not many people walking the Earth built like him, and there aren't many people walking the Earth who are built like him who are able to move like him. Unfortunately, in the absolute sense, like there are a quite a few uh, three technique players at, at the NFL level who are just going to out quick Marcus McKeithen, And that is kind of where he starts to struggle. Yeah. Physically when everything's going well, he kind of reminds me of DJ Fluker who I actually really liked at right guard. I was consistently frustrated with Ben McAdoo that the Giants never got DJ Fluker on the field basically until their hands were forced. And I feel like if everything works out for McKeithen, he could have that similar kind of ceiling at right guard. Of course, he doesn't have the same kind of movement skills as DJ Fluker does or did. And that is kind of saying something. That
1: is kind of saying something. And those are reasons why McKeithen was available late on round five. But I'm going through some of the tape that I've watched just like in my head right now. And I remember against Florida State because UNC, they would run a lot of power gap concepts and they would pull McKeithen sometimes, but that's not when he's at his most dangerous as a run blocker. He's at his most dangerous when he is on the play side of those power gap and he's blocking down, like we mentioned before. And there were plenty of plays where he was blocking down on a two-eye or he was blocking down on a one-technique, and it was just game over. There was going to be a gigantic alley for the running back, for Ty Chandler, and for Josh Azudu, who would usually be kicking as the as the backside guard into that hole. The hole would be gigantic, which puts so much stress on the alley defender coming downhill to safety, the linebacker to fill, and also the contained defender, because there's just so much space to operate. And that's something that McKeithen did consistently throughout his film, was open up that alley and the play side of power gap.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
2: Yeah, he, he is consistently good at that. You know, he is, we keep coming back to his power, but that really is kind of the cornerstone of his game. Also, I, I really liked how he was able to use those long arms of his when he placed them well when he wasn't lunging and you know kind of grabbing outside of defenders frameworks which was kind of a recurring problem with him but when he placed his hands well he was great at getting extension great at controlling defenders and that was when that's when you can really just drive them out of those running lanes yeah and
1: solid in combo situations too because of just the chip power and everything but better probably as the guy who isn't climbing up to the second level just because he's a little bit limited when he's operating in space, but also to his credit, when you're as long as he is, it's easier to cut off angles and all of that. But I would agree with, with the hands. They're a little wild. I felt like there was a lot of kind of hugging and tonguing and and things like that. So it wasn't like he was necessarily really tight with his punch with tight elbows, getting the chest and, and earning the inside part of the defender was a little bit more reckless. Did you see that as well? It seems like you alluded to that before.
2: Yeah, I, I did notice like he would let his hands kind of go low, go wide, uh, get outside of defenders framework, get get them by the shoulder. Or it, occasionally I, I even saw one hand miss entirely. And that, that wasn't in like independent hand situations where he was keeping one hand free to deal with. Yeah, a second defender, he, he would just kind of miss that punch. And that is kind of a problem, particularly for a guy with, yeah, we'll, we'll say, less than ideal feet and who really depends on his power because then you're just re- sacrificing your power. You're wasting a lot of your power, and that makes it a little bit too easy for defenders to get around you.
1: Yeah, it makes it a little bit too easy for defenders to get around you. And this is a reason why he's more of a developmental option. I think there are things to like about McKeithen that aren't just related to his sheer size. But at the end of the day, I don't know if he makes this final roster, Chris. We can go through the Giants' depth chart, and you, you see, obviously, Andrew Thomas, Shane Lemieux, John Feliciano, Mark Lewinsky, Evan Neal. Those are the projected starters right now. According to our lads, and then you have Jamil Douglas, you have Matt Gano, you have Max Garcia, you have Ben Bredesen, you have Josh Azudu, you have Corey Cunningham, then you have Marcus McKeithen. So it's—is it realistic to believe that Marcus McKeithen is going to crack the fifty-three man roster? I lean towards no. He's probably
2: going to be a practice squad stash, but anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely, anything can happen. I, I'm kind of with you. I think he just there's a good chance he loses out in the numbers game which who knows, maybe the Giants do keep like 10 offensive linemen. Uh, They would have to be borrowing from someplace else on the roster to do so, but it's possible. I wouldn't be surprised at all for McKeithen to have some highlight real plays in training camp after the pads come on and they can hit or in, in the preseason where he just gets a hold of another rookie, you know, a rookie defender and just, pancakes the hell out of them yeah i could see him doing that and getting people excited but i could also see him really struggling with holding calls or getting matched up on it just more athletic defender and giving up kind of an embarrassing sack or a big tackle for a loss so he is i think going to be one of those bubble players one to keep an eye on for sure but yeah, it's tough when you get to the bottom of the offensive line depth chart just because there's so many of those guys.
1: Yeah, and the Giants carrying 10, that would be a lot, especially since Joe Shane and, and most coaching staffs and, and front offices, they put such a precedent on finding these versatile offensive linemen like Josh Joshua Zudu so they don't have to dress 10 guys every, every game so they can kind of add a little bit more talent to other parts of their roster by having guys who can execute multiple different – roles and and assignments along the offensive line but I'm interested to see exactly what happens here and I feel like I say that every podcast because I am interested we're all just prognosticating and projecting as of right now but at the end of the day man I think you get Marcus McKeithen with Bobby Johnson you try to develop him see if you can catch lightning in the bottle with somebody who is built the way he is has a, a solid baseline athletic ability for a guy of his size and also knows Joshua Zudu It seems like he's a great guy, according to all reports, fits into the culture of the locker room and all of that. And then you just kind of evaluate as you go. Hopefully, if the Giants do put him on the practice squad, he doesn't get scooped up by another team, but he was a fifth-round pick. So that could realistically happen if he does find his way on the practice squad.
2: Yeah, I do think the practice squad rules kind of work in his favor. Just with getting the two extra slots, the team being able to... uh, call up guys repeatedly over the course of a season yeah you know, that, that just gives him chances and it is kind of notable that the Giants got two guards from North Carolina which yeah you know, their offensive line was not particularly highly regarded but they are used to blocking for a running quarterback and I think it is interesting how much athleticism the Giants have at the quarterback position Yeah, you know, Daniel Jones good straight line runner especially when defenses aren't anticipating it you know Tyrod Taylor is he was kind of the, almost at the vanguard of this uh, dual threat quarterback archetype that's kind of sweeping the NFL right now and then Davis Webb is you know looking back to when he was drafted a, I think a lot of people kind of underestimate it, just how good of an athlete Webb is yeah you know, he was honestly right there with Josh Allen in terms of just raw athleticism and size. So if the Giants want to incorporate uh, read option plays, design quarterback runs, package plays, I think it is interesting that they added two guards who are used to blocking for a quarterback who was their team's leading rusher that's interesting. And then from a rushing standpoint, they did
1: so many different things at UNC in terms of they would do outside zone, they would do inside zone, they would do some duo block, you know, vertically displaced type of blocks. And they did a lot of pulling. We saw Josh Azudu pull a lot, and it wasn't just like the typical type of pull where you step off the line of scrimmage and you square your shoulders towards the sideline, and then you run into your your gap or you kick the end man out on the line of scrimmage. They did the skip pull, too, where you stay square to the line of scrimmage, and then you just enter and you go and you locate the linebacker and try to spring a long run, which they sprung a bunch with Ty Chandler as their running back. And you saw Marcus McKeithen do that, but he was more of the play side. They would typically try to do that because Azudu was so athletic and Marcus McKeithen was so good on the play side but the fact that they had a lot of different types of concepts that allowed both of those guards to execute different types of assignments I also think played into the role that Joe Shane wanted them because we're not sure Chris right now what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka's rushing attack is going to look like but you better be damn sure that the running back is going to be much more involved here in New York than the running backs were up there in the Buffalo part of New York because Saquon Barkley Saquon Barkley and no slide on Devin Singletary Matt Burita, who is here in New York now And freaking Zach Moss, but Saquon
2: Barkley is a dynamic playmaker. And they're going to have a lot of plays designed for him. Oh, certainly. Although I I think you could almost argue that Josh Allen was Buffalo's number one running back. (laughs) Yeah, let's just do direct snaps to Saquon Barkley all the time. (laughs) You know, I I bet you Dave Dettelman would love that idea. Just single wing. Let's go. Oh, single wing, dude.
1: Let's not, let's not get into the history of the NFL. We can, we can have a <laughs> lot of fun here talking about it. But, Chris, anything else on Marcus McKeithen or the offensive line or what Brian Dable is going to do? Do you have anything else for this podcast?
2: You know, I, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it all comes together and really how many different combinations they come up with during training camp and during the preseason because the Giants have a lot of bodies along the offensive line right now but I don't think anything is really settled except for the left and right tackle positions.
1: Yeah, the left and the right tackle positions. And I would argue, I think the right guard is just about settled. I think you signed Glowinski to the deal that you signed him to, and he's probably more than likely going to be the right guard. But I think the center position and the left guard position is up in the air. And just because we're talking about the offensive line, Chris, I wanted to get your opinions. We haven't talked about this yet on Shane Lemieux being the starting left guard at OTA. So that's a pretty cool
2: development right there. It is, you know, I, I hope that there is an open competition for that left guard position just to you know, make sure the best guy and the best uh, group of guys are the giant starters, but good for Shane Lemieux that he is healthy and out there competing and really being the first guy up and first guy off the bench. You know, I hope that he is healthy and healthy enough to play football. I hope the same for Nick Gates. Uh, don't know what's going to happen with him, but really just best, best wishes for all of these guys.
1: And Matt Parrott too. That's It just goes to show you, the Giants had a lot of, injuries last season throughout the season you had lemieux go down early you had nick gates go down a week two and then you had matt perrick go down at the end of the season so a lot of injuries but thank you everybody for tuning in to the chris and nick show here on big blue view radio please head on over to bigblueview.com check out all of the extensive giants content at the website and please also rate subscribe review this podcast right here on itunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast leave a five-star review it can go a long way and we appreciate it thank you so much much. Check out our YouTube channel as well, Big Blue View, and also have a lovely day.